Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, I think today is a staying up a special episode 77 and to be helped, help me talk about it. I've been joined by Ollie Scott. Hi, Ollie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you, Paul? Ah, fine, fine form after um, uh, just a kind of nerve killing last five minutes against uh, the game yesterday against uh, West Brom. But also I've been joined by Jacob South Klein. He hasn't been on for a while, but he's back from his jaunts university. Who knows what's going on there? <laughs> I've been uh, alone in Cardiff. Um, and now I'm top of the world. I mean, it's the first time I've seen them. Well, it's the first time I've been at the Medeski in over four months. And uh, what a way to herald my return. Loved it. It was. It was all for you, Jacob. They just saw you in. <laughs> and they went, you're back. Let's let the good times roll. So <laughs> let's quickly go through to um, uh, the Bristol City match really quickly because... Um, you know, it's happened uh, since the match. That was a one-all draw. A really important match for us to get a point from. They were sixth at the table at that point. Scored an absolutely, just a magnificent free kick. Uh, do you want to talk us through that one, Ollie? Yeah, it was a great goal. You can see the the work that the players put in on the training ground. And that's really what the fans value when they see that something has really had the hours put in. And Gomez has clearly sat down and worked through this routine with them. Um, another goal for Miete as well. Just builds his confidence even further. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, just all round brilliant to see. Another result against a top six side as well. Um, so we're so high up in the form tables at the moment. And that's despite playing the, those sides in the top six. It's really good to see. Yeah, no, if the season was to continue now, you'd kind of fancy us to do quite well. Obviously, let's just forget the fact that Nelson Oliver and Mate are injured. But in the ideal fantasy world, if we were to continue now, we wouldn't be anywhere near this league position. I'm not saying we'd be top six, but we'd be comfortable mid-table, which, which would be beautiful sensation to be, uh, be in that situation. But unfortunately, we did let an equaliser in. Uh, one all Brownhill uh, scoring the equaliser from a header. Blackett may be switching off slightly, but like I said on the Periscope, I don't think it's time to be kind of like calling out players. Everything Blackett's had a pretty decent season and... Still to go there and get the result was good. How did you feel after that result, Jacob? Well, what struck me against Bristol City is there was no talk before the game, really, of dread that we were going to lose. It was more like treating it like an opportunity. With Obviously, we, that came off the back of a fantastic result at home against Brentford. And we really went into Bristol City... I would say with nothing to lose, but obviously in the context of a relegation scrap. So, but previously, whereas we might have gone, oh, hang on a minute, this is a must not lose. We we went and found ourselves one nil up and still weren't that disappointed to come away with a point. 2,000 fans went, saw a great performance um, and that really set the mood for the rest of the week um, and resulted in what we saw yesterday at home so really two draws in the space of a week that have felt like wins um yeah really really pleasing and like you say just a continuation of brilliant performances from Mato, from the whole team baker's becoming more and more of an important player for us uh, martinez is becoming more and more of a cult hero with every game and uh, yeah, happy days. But it all really started at Bristol City and then culminated in what we saw yesterday. 
Yeah, yesterday was, let's get on to the West Brom match now, because that's um, such a pivotal match. Obviously, uh, Swansea also beat Rotherham on the same day that we played um, at Bristol City. So that was a roller coaster that one as well, with uh, Rotherham winning, then losing. And oh, was, that was a bit of, not an enjoyable one. I think the most horrible way to follow a football match is via your Twitter feed. It's. I just think it's really brutal because you just, whoever, even before you see a goal actually happen, you just see things come up which give it away in a very negative sense or a very yeah. positive sense. But the West Brom match, if you were coming into that game and you're looking at that game and you didn't know where the two teams were positioned in the league, I'd say that we'd look like we were probably the team doing slightly better than West Brom until the last few moments, the last 10 minutes. But Coming into the team was Nelson Oliveira, and we also saw Gunter being kind of uh, rotated. I use the word rotated for him. What did you make of the first half then, Oli? Um, I thought it was quite cagey. Um, there was no hugely clear-cut chances. They were kind of restricted to a couple of long shots, which obviously Martinez was very comfortable with. Um, but we, yeah, it was quite. It, the game was played quite a lot in the middle third, I thought. Because um, we had, we kind of were 4 3 3 rather than 4 2 3 1. And there was just a lot of play in that midfield area. And we just didn't quite have the ball carrying and, and the, the kind of continuity between midfield and attack to just take the ball out of that middle third. Um, but I did think it was a positive performance um, in the first half, considering the injuries and the um, substitutions that were made so early on, um, all those mitigating circumstances. And you got to think that actually to come out of that first half playing as well as we did is definitely a positive. Yeah, losing Mate and uh, Nelson Oliveira in the first 15 minutes is a... Uh, I, I was really concerned we were going to not be able to get anything out of that game yesterday because you lose your two major goal-scoring threats. But it just shows what kind of squad mentality we've got. I mean, obviously, yeah. you look at Nelson uh, Oliveira. He's had a huge impact on the team, scoring important goals, but Mate has been even bigger. It's transformed his form. How did you feel when they went off those two, uh, Jacob? Well, we lost two out of our three most threatening attacking options within the space of 10 minutes. Um, I Because um, Oliveira, in particular, I was disappointed to see go off because I had not seen him play in the flesh since I uh, moved countries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I think you're so, slightly bigging that up, Jacob. It's uh, Wales for those that um, have been unfamiliar with my travels. Um, so, all in all, it means that I've, I've possibly seen a grand total of five minutes of Nelson Oliveira, and who knows whether we're going to see him next season or not. But um, he, I was right in front of him when he pulled up, and he was really stony-faced, and you did fear the worst, especially after the miraculous recovery he'd had. But... You know, I think we could have coped in isolation with Oliveira going off, but the dread started to kick in for me when I saw Mato struggling too. Yeah. Um, and yet, in light of that, it didn't really seem to affect us very much. I thought Loda, who has come in maybe for a bit of unfair stick recently, um, was thrown in after five minutes, and I thought on the whole did quite well. He's, he doesn't offer the same focal point as a player like Oliveira or Mato. But he did a job. He had a couple of good chances. Um, maybe could have done a bit better with the with the chances. But the thing that really struck me, having come back to the Medeski after so long away, was just how tenacious we were and how much we wanted to get the ball back if we lost it. 
I thought we looked quite comfortable in the first half, really. Um, I, I have not seen us wanting to win the ball back like straight away in months, absolutely months. And often the players that were doing that were players that aren't even here on permanent contracts, uh, which really rams home the fact for me that we've got to do our best to keep him. But at half-time, nil-nil, you probably thought it was quite, quite fair on the balance of play. But I, I think we matched West Brom. Like you said, and like Jose Gomez said, um, it looked like we were the ones chasing promotion, really. The ones with the least to lose. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about the energy of the team because we've kind of, I'm going to all the, most of the games and I'm kind of slowly adapting to that style and it's become normal now. But for you to come in and actually see the huge difference that there is, you think, hang on, this is a team that's actually caring. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. a complete attitude change. And not just that, the atmosphere around the ground. You must have both noticed that how much better. It's oh, been my, the yeah. my last game, like Jacob, I've been away at uni. My last game was Swansea on New Year's Day, uh, the 4 1 loss. So the, the, there was a marked contrast between the almost toxic atmosphere that we brought into the year, five points into the relegation zone, and now all four stands bouncing. It was just fantastic to see. Um, Club 1871 making huge progress. Even the Dolan stand as well were brilliant all all throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, the whole ground, the East stand, I mean, maybe not Upper West. I'm still <laughs> still, still not convinced that they're ever going to make a noise. It's going to take some kind of Premier League trophy. I think to get them uh, standing up, but you know, I don't think I, my, you know, I don't think that's likely ever. But Martinez also made a couple of excellent saves from Hal Robson Canoe, uh, which would, if he would have scored the goal, that would have been a winner. That would have sent me over edge. That would have because I remember saying to you before the game, Ollie, and yeah. I was, and you were totally right. Don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That calmed my nerves a bit. He wouldn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, the other one from Murphy, I think, was even better, though, because that was actually a proper save. I think, yeah, yeah I, mean, I say that was a proper save. The thing is with Martinez, he makes both saves look so easy. Yeah. A mere mortal goal. As well. yeah. um, you know, he doesn't just save it, he, he catches it, or he just smothers on top of it as well. He's really, really good. Yeah, if I think about the fact that he's not going to be here next season, that is sent off alarm bells, because he's so much better than any goalkeeper I think we've had. Well, I keep saying he's the best one we've had since uh, Hanneman. And I don't think it's unfair to say that. He's just quality. Yeah. I do, really. I think um, if you think of the calibre we've of goalkeeper we've had recently, prior to Martinez coming in on loan, they were never goalkeepers. Maybe with the exception of Al Habsi, there weren't goalkeepers that would actively win as points or keep us in games. Um it was more, they were more like damage limitation goalkeepers who would or make a save when we we're already behind or maybe keep us hanging on for a point, but they weren't match winners in their own right. In Martinez, we have someone who I, the fans have utmost confidence in. The defence is all the better for having someone that they know as a last resort is just so solid. Um, the fact that Moore has got the regular partner now for the time being in Miazga. Who and he never had consistent defensive partnership before. It means there is just so much more calm and solidity at the back. I really saw that yesterday, um, especially in the first half against West Brom. And um, between the two of them, they seem to win everything in the air now as well. The, the, the defensive transformation 
that Gomez has instilled, especially considering when he came in from Portugal, he wasn't renowned for his ability to marshal a defence or to organise a defence, but somehow he's done that with us. And I know a lot of it is down to the recruitment, but it's also about the spirit that he's injected. Um, so yeah, I know it'll be gutting. It'll be gutting to lose Martinez. I think it'd be a miracle to keep him around when he's looking like he's going to be second choice at Arsenal. But I would love to see us get Miazga back in. Um, I know we were mentioning the the noise and the crowd. Um, something that really stuck in my mind yesterday. Uh, Miazga came over to the fans. At, it, the game was still in play. It, it was 85th, 90th minute. And he, he, he came over to Club 1871 and went like, come on, come on, let's try to keep us going. I haven't seen that ever from Ohlone, ever. You think of the likes of Matty Vidra, Ole John, uh, Piazzon. They would never have done any of that nice. a few years ago. So um, it was astonishing to see. And I think that's what really has got us over the line. Definitely. Yeah, what excites me the most that um, I totally agree with all of that, Jacob, is the fact that the whole ethos of the club is back, I feel. Yeah. The whole mode of it's always with Reading, it's a little bit of us against the bigger teams. Mm. Yeah. Because we're never going to be that big, big team. We just don't have the capabilities to be there. And we need to be that underdog and we're going to prove a point. We want players in who want to be that player who think I can come here and prove myself and maybe they will leave at some point if they sign permanently. But if you have the wrong attitude coming in and you've brought up some players like Ole John, Piazon, those are the complete opposite. (laughs) And you can now see how they've bought into the Reading way and they've been embraced completely. And if you're a loan signing, maybe we won't get the same ones we've got now. But if you look, if you actually get yourself involved with the club, the fans will embrace you yeah. and they forget that you're a loan signing. And you should enjoy that. Ijaria was getting stick when he was at Glasgow Rangers and being booed off. Comes to Reading, he's getting applauded off every single week. Surely yeah. that's going to be a nicer environment to be in. I mean, I don't know. Saying into a player's mind is uh, quite difficult because obviously you've never <laughs> been there. But it's, I just think, I just feel really excited about where we are compared to where we were in December. We had all those issues. But yeah, it's kind of uh, slightly, it's just, it's uplifting. I just don't want it to change. But in the second half against West Brom, it was pretty, there was plenty of chances for both teams. We had Danny Loder with his golden opportunity when he was played through from Gareth McCleary. Do you think he should have done better there, Ollie? Um... Potentially, I do think if if it was Oliveira on the end of that chance, we may have seen the net bulge. But regardless, I think it shows um, a great deal of confidence for an 18-year-old to be picking the ball up, driving into the 18-yard box, um, you know, and and, uh, not selfishly, but, you know, trusting his own ability to get the shot away in the first place. The gulf between first-team football and youth team, it, it can't be underestimated. And he he made the step up unexpectedly. You know, no one knew Nelson was going to go off injured. And I do think he he came in and did a decent job. Um, but yeah, he did. I think I think he deserves credit in the first place for getting into those into those positions and forcing those clear cut chances. Yeah, I think the goals will come for Daniel Loder at some point, whether it be for us or for another team on loan next season. I just Definitely. I think he's got too much potential. 
I really do. And people writing him off because he's only 18 years old. Blimey, 18 year olds, you need to look at what you were doing when you're 18 years old. <laughs> if you're not, I mean, have you fully developed as a person when you're 18? You're not. I mean, I haven't, and I'm much older than that. <laughs> no, I definitely haven't fully developed. So. I was up when I was 18 years old, Paul, honestly. And I, it, I, um, I wasn't much of a footballer either. So. <laughs> now, I've heard these rumours from uh, Sam Stevenson that football isn't your first uh, skill. <laughs> no. Not at all. Um, I'm meant to be playing again tomorrow, and um, the, the fewer eyewitnesses, the better, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, he also had another chance. Well, in between that, there was the Lewis Baker chip. Now, he's now attempted two of these chips, and they've been so close to coming yeah. up. Yeah, the one uh, against uh, Brentford, and now he had the one against West Brom. He's going to get one eventually. And the thing is, that he doesn't try them very often. Yeah, only tries them once a game. He's not one of these players who thinks I've got this goal and I need to score it. And until I score it, I'm not going to be happy. I, yeah, and this I could, this really could just be a Lewis Baker loving, couldn't it? Really? Well, yeah. I think it's an indicator of his confidence at the moment that he's willing to pick the ball up from 40 yards and just have a punt, and yeah. that speaks volumes in itself. Yeah, mm. no, he's absolutely uh, brilliant. I mean, uh, if you were to pick out the best loan signing oh, for me. It's really difficult. We'll come on to that later. You need to think yeah. about that one. I need to, need to think, think about it. But those last five minutes when Rodriguez hit the post. And then oh. Dwight Gale had one off the line, which was quite comfortable for Chris Gunter. But I'm going to bring up Chris Gunter because he takes a lot of stick. A lot of stick. And he's come in for the last two games he played. Then he was came on yesterday. For Tyler Blackett, who we mentioned, uh, did mention also went off injured. And just those vital moments. And then I think even from my end, I could see Chris Gunter giving it the come on as well to the uh, club 1871 after he did it. His kind of involvement with the crowd is just uh, great to see. But how tense were those last few minutes, Jacob? Uh, I have aged about 10 years within this. (laughs) And I, I didn't, I think my lifespan has been cut short often in the time that I've been watching Reading, uh, you know, years now but um yeah no, especially in club 1871 where it was just such a roller coaster of emotions throughout the 90 minutes those last five minutes um because we we had um west brom hit the post a couple of times martinez was called into uh, called into action um unexpectedly really in the last few minutes when we thought we were home and hosed you know naive or not he had to pull off a couple of wonder saves and like you said, it's just key individuals, really, that could, you know, one way or another could have written the narrative. So for, for Gunter to have got that last minute clearance off the line, I was so pleased for him. So pleased for him because he would have been villainized if he hadn't. Absolutely villainized. Um, and Robson Carney, it was interesting, Robson Carney, actually, because I know we were talking before the match saying, you know, in another parallel universe, he might have relegated us. Um, but um, he got some boos. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because I was one of the ones that booed him, admittedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, how apt, because he perfectly, in one perfect example, really um, encapsulated the sort of attitudes that we haven't got now, in that he was always a bit of a prima donna, would give you one good performance out of 10, uh, was bad-mouthing the club when he eventually did leave and 
you know, it was always more like what we could do for him rather than what he could do for us. And even now we have people on loan that are the total antithesis of that and the total opposite of that. Um, so um, I think he probably did deserve the booze. And I think the booze were more forthcoming knowing now what we've got. And if we start next season, as we've ended this season in terms of spirit, be it with this group of players or another, um, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to make such a difference, such a difference. Because the... Um, the atmosphere at the end, the noise at the end when the Rotherham score came up on the big screen from all four corners of the ground, I haven't heard anything like that at the Medeski in years. Um, I think the the only comparison I can think of off the top of, the, the top of my head was the, the um, Bradford City uh, FA Cup quarterfinal at home in terms of pure noise. Um, it, it, it was just absolutely electric. Um, but to share that moment whilst they're looking at the TV screen as well. Yeah. And to see Liam Moore bouncing around, like he's, it's just amazing to see that passion from your captain. Just a brilliant. And for the players, the sheer relief when you can see the photos. But everyone in the ground could see the players looking up at that screen. And you get you don't very often get that moment. When we all know what's coming, and some of us knew, and they were just wanted to have it confirmed mm. that, yeah, okay, they're not mathematically safe, but come on, minus the goal difference is 13 better than Rotherham. I mean, I'm feeling, I have to say, I'm feeling very secure. <laughs> I'm very, very confident that we'll be in the championship next season. How did you, yeah, sorry, Jake? Can you imagine how gutted we'd be if we went down now? <laughs> Jacob, your line is breaking. You're gone. <laughs> look back at this podcast and think, oh, God, in the bin. But, uh, <laughs> Definitely. That is not going to be happening. Rotherham haven't won a league match by more than one goal this season. And oh, they've got that, West Brom. That's what we need. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. How would you find those last few minutes, uh, Ollie? Um, awful. Just like Jacob would say, I think they took a good decade off my life expectancy. But it was the, the full time celebrations were worth all that stress. And it was just that moment where there was a kind of um, bridge between the players and the fans and the, the reaction of the fans to seeing the result and the reaction of the players to seeing the result was largely the same. And it's so easy to put these footballers on this pedestal. And then when you see Liam Moore's human side, as we did in the, pod, in the podcast, um, where he's celebrating just like any other fan would, it's just brilliant. And it's it really, yeah, you just get such a sense of pride for your club in those moments. Yeah, it just gives us that link back, which we've been missing so badly for such yeah. a period of time. But the fact is now it's back. And I really do believe it's going to stay now. I think uh, if you look at the um, things that Club 1871 have done, I think that has been uh, a key factor I don't think anyone can get away from that, the people who initiated it. Um, but what's really made it is everyone going in there and embracing it. Yeah. And the rest of the ground sometimes thinking, I don't want Club 1871 to be the loudest. And that is exactly, that is brilliant, isn't it? Because that means we all get involved. In There's so many times we've been at the Badeski and it's a bit, it's just a library, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And we don't have that now. I mean, maybe it'd be different when we're not fighting against something, but I don't think so. I, I think it's there to stay now. And if there's 1,500 people in there, yeah. that would be amazing every week. And it's not yeah. impossible now. 
before this, you'd have to go away from home to get the kind of atmosphere that you get in Club 1871. And that shouldn't be the case. Your home ground should be the fortress where there is um, that kind of almost European um, atmospheres. And and now we're getting that through them. And it's such a fantastic initiative. And it's what um, the Majeski's needed for years. So positive. Yeah, totally. The thing that struck me, especially following from a distance on Twitter, and I know, Paul, you were saying at the start of the podcast how it's the worst, often it's the worst, most stressful way to follow a game of football. But for judging the aftermath and the mood, not just in our own fan base, but in other fan bases, it's really fascinating because within the space of a year where I think we'd hit rock bottom in terms of the disconnect and also the atmosphere, in the Medeski against Ipswich at home, which we don't talk about. That's, it's, it's, you know, block out the memory. Why is uh, it whenever you're on, Jacob, dark places come up <laughs> in the Ipswich world? Go to that slightly darker place whenever you have me on. I can see why, you know, you don't have me on nowadays. But, um, but um, in the space of 12 months, we've now got fans from West Brom, fans from Wigan, fans from Brentford mm. saying, Fair play to your lot. They made a hell of a lot of noise. They wanted it more than our lot at the start of the game. I mean, the West Brom fans, even yesterday, were being very, very complimentary of us. And not just Club 1871, but the whole ground. Um, And, you know, for ages, the Medeski has been known as a library and hasn't been known as, like, a passionate place to come. And, you know, it's always been seen as a bit middle class, still is. Um, but that must rub off in some way the mood of the club and on the players. And the fact now we've just managed to get that off our shoulder even a bit has just had this real uplifting effect. And all of a sudden, we're a bit more of an intimidating place to come. You see it in our home record recently. We've only lost one game at home since New Year's Day. Um, and it's it's just been an incredible transformation. Like you, like you say, I mean, you've acclimatised to it over time but for me for Ollie it's just really stark seeing the difference yeah it must be so much better I mean it must be great to come into that all of a sudden you just think hang on we're we're kind of there's something enjoyable here (laughs) just without (laughs) even without the game it's enjoyable because I find now that I mean I kind of was dreading going to matches but now I think yeah it's going to be good it's going to be a decent atmosphere we're going to see a bunch of players that actually do care. Um, we can't predict exactly how we're going to do, but we're going to give it everything and it's going to be fun. So what more can you ask for for a day out of the football? I don't think that is anything more, really, because, yeah, just got it. And talking of fun, Portugal Day, that is happening. And so at the last uh, home game against Birmingham City, it's just a bit of fun to embrace Jose Gomez, yeah. something Portuguese. I don't know what you want to wear, some... Uh, I don't know. So if anyone's got a Daniel Carisho top, that would be <laughs> so <laughs> sensational. <laughs> um, if you do have a Daniel Carisho shirt and you are listening to the podcast, get in touch. That'd be yes. I'll buy it off them. Yeah, no, I, 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 no, we're going to have an eBay war here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if it's signed, now that is news level, isn't it? That would be, oh, wow. Time, three-time Europa League winner, let us not forget. One of those three was on loan away from us. So, you know, it's... Um, it's that time in Whitley that made him, Jacob. It was that time there. 
That is what made the difference. Yeah. So that would that would be good. We'd probably be more details from Club 1817. Well, that's for the whole of the ground. It's just, you know, it's just basically normally on the away day of the last one and have the inflatable things. It's just something a bit lighthearted, a bit of yeah. embracing it. Nothing to be taken too seriously. You know, just just in, just have a good time, basically. Do something stupid. If you want everyone a Ronaldo mask, you go for it. Uh, you know, I won't be doing that myself, Joseph I have to be honest. Yeah, Josie Gamer's mask. Yeah, the, obviously. Obviously. How do they not think of that? Yeah. Yeah, someone needs to make them. If anyone who's got some kind of printing system going on there who's listening and would be uh, willing to give out free uh, Josie Gamer's mask, I am um, uh, very pleased to chat with you about that. There's <laughs> plenty of demand for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's a very uh, he's a very gifted man. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're wearing um, a mask of someone who's you know aesthetically unappealing. No, exactly. <laughs> very I have to say, uh, yeah, it would be a huge improvement for myself. I have to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'd have to be careful. But it, it'd be fun. Just enjoy, it. and it's nice that we go into that match knowing it's just going to be enjoyable. Well, no, who knows who to play? It doesn't really matter. Again, compared to this time last season when we played Cardiff on the last day, and that was just complete stress until the last 15 yeah. minutes. So yeah. it just it changed around. So if we look, go on to the players we've now got on loan, we've got Baker, Ijaria, Miazga, Martinez, Nelson. Just on those ones alone... Which ones do you think are most likely that we could sign? I mean, there's whispers that we've got a um, a clause to buy Nelson if we stay up. I haven't heard anything concrete about that, but if that's true, you'd hope we would um, we would jump on that straight away. Um, but I think it mainly lies in the players' hands now. The club will make it known that they're that they're wanted here, um, and so it's up to them really. It seems to be a kind of um, heart over head decision maybe because some of them might feel they've proved themselves at this level now and might want to take the step up when they go back to their parent clubs um, but you know in terms of the heart they felt love here that they, they've they never felt at any other time in their careers and so you have to think that if they want that love again and they don't want to be one of the 35 sat at Chelsea on loan going out to Vietti's Arnhem every year then they more than welcome here yeah I'd, I'd love to have Miazga and Lewis Baker back here. I I think personally, I think Baker's slightly more likely. Yeah. But no, even then, it's going to be a loan at best, I feel. I don't think there's any way we could afford to buy him. He's just out of our league for price range. What do you think, Jacob? The noises coming out of the club point towards if we want to sign players on permanent deals, we've got to sell in order to buy. Um, one thing that yesterday against West Brom did prove to me is that if it came to us having to sell assets, we can cope without John Swift. Yeah. If Swift were to go to, I know there was whispers that he might be on his way to Leeds for some eye-watering sum, and I'm not sure how likely that is. But if we did sell him for any amount of cash, then I'd love to see us reinvest that on the likes of Baker and the likes of Ajaria. Um can you guys hear me and see me, by the way? Yes, because, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you all just went very stoic and very statuesque. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, we're just bedazzled by your amazing auditory skills, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But um, yeah, so I'd love to see us reinvest any potential Swift money on Baker and either or Ajari because Baker, I think, has found his level. Um, he he knows, I know, Ollie, you were talking about the love that he feels here now, but also it just goes to show if he's had a consistent run of games, which he hasn't really had anywhere else in the league other than our place, we know what he can do now. And I think he's a market improvement on what we've got, not just in terms of ability, but in terms of attitude. Love to see a sign Baker. Um, if we can't get in Miazga either again on a season-long loan or you know permanently, which I think is unlikely, more needs to have a consistent defensive part. Now I know I said it earlier, but that is crucial for next season because it just it, he more is a better player when he knows who's playing alongside him. Um, I don't think we're likely to get Martinez, but even then. I saw an interview that he gave with Charles Watts um, to Goal online. And even he's saying, I need to be somewhere where I'm playing. I need to be somewhere where I'm loved. You know, even being a number two for him, he, which he's likely to be at Arsenal. He was saying even being a number two is not quite what he wants. So, I don't know. I, I think Oliveira as well, it's dependent on what Norwich do because they've had three draws on the trot now. And even though you expect them to go up, it's whether they're going to be, you know, go up as champions or not. Um, otherwise, I'd love to see him here, even if he has shown that he's a bit injury prone. He's selfish and he's the selfish sort of striker we need. So I don't know. I mean, I know earlier, Paul, you said, how do you rank them? I think it's impossible to rank them because all five loanees that have come in um, have just been brilliant in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And no, there was that... There was that amazing statistic that I saw the other day, how two of the, two of the players that started recently were the only two to start at the beginning of the season. And just the transformation in the playing staff in the space of half a season has been nuts. And it's been all for the better, really. So, um, I don't know. If, to, I know I've wanged on a bit, but if I were to pick the two that I'd like most to stay... Uh, it'd probably be Baker and I'd say Miazga, actually. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think those are the two key players. If you had to choose, I mean, that's no um, uh, disrespect to any of all the other players that have been here because they've all been brilliant. I mean, if we end up with a different combination, I'd take that straight away. If we end up with two of them here next yeah. season, that'd be great. Um, one thing that did slightly worry me when um, I did do the podcast with uh, Liam Moore was that when I asked him whether he'd be here next season, his kind of reaction was that, A, was that he wouldn't be asking to move, he wouldn't be pushing it, but he straight away went to financial fair play and how we need to get players possibly out of the club and how they might hear more about that at the end of the season once they knew they were safe. So who knows what you can read into that, but that is a, the kind of the indications that we're getting from players and how they feel about the situation. So the financial fair play is going to be absolutely huge. And when people are asking who we could sign, it's just so hard to know because we have no knowledge of the finances, finances of the club. I mean, here, I don't think most people understand financial fair play completely. So it's a, it's a real complex situation. Yeah. So someone has asked the question, which player has had the biggest turn of form since the start of the season? That's SJ Watson. Wow. I think it's got to be Mate. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah it's got to be. Yeah. 
I think, and off the pitch as well, he kind of came back from his loan in uh, Sochaux last season. And it was clear that he'd done simple things. Like he'd worked on his English so much and he was coming back and doing interviews in almost fluent English. And it's signs like that that make you think he sees his long-term future and he's putting the hours in, not just uh, on the training pitch, but outside of it as well. Um, and I, yeah, I do agree with you. I think he's been the biggest turnaround. He's, a, he's one of the first names on the team sheet now. And to get into double figures in terms of goals for the season, when actually he's been playing some of those games on the left wing as well, he just deserves so much credit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Somebody's also host, who would you give as player of the season? And that's Taylor Stanner. For me, it's Yadam. Um, what would you say, uh, Jacob? Um, oh, so player of the season? Yes. Oh, I mean, I know Ollie's been singing Mate's praise, but for me, it'd probably come down to Mate or Yeardham. Um, I've loved watching Mate, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, because I think he's been representative of the change that the whole club's undergone. Mm. Um, he is it for me i find it really easy to forget to remember that okay let's go to you ollie then um i would i would also echo what you and jacob said and i would and say yeah to all mean... intents and purposes he was ready to go oh he's back <laughs> you're just having a few uh, issues there with your... yeah you're back again so let's kind of uh, let get get oh. through this because yeah, I think yeah. your line is breaking down there a little bit. I think um, uh, if Lewis Baker, I think, is going to be a player that hopefully was signed. I think one player that could be leaving is Liam Kelly. Yes. I think there's a player that, I mean, good luck to him if he was to leave the club. Who knows? He might still be here next season. But if you look at the stats compared to Baker, Baker has far less touches and passes per game than Swift but it's far more effective and they're actually far more forward passes. They got these through Biscuit Analytic and I would seriously consider uh, following them if you're not doing that already. So let's move on to the Middlesbrough match. That is our penultimate game of the season. They, they've picked up a little bit. They've got two wins in the last matches, but they just don't score many goals at all. I mean, who knows what we're going to do against them? Jacob, quick score prediction on that one. That was really quick. I think we've lost Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we're going to Ali. I would, I would say another draw um, against Middlesbrough. Maybe I would say 1-1 again. Um, I think we've showed ourselves against the sides at the top that we can compete with them. Um, just potentially maybe not enough to carry us over the line. And then also it's, we've, now got, uh, we've not got as much to play for anymore. Um, whereas they still have a hope for the playoffs. And so there is that kind of underlying um, uh, burning desire to win that they might have. But I would, I still think we would come away with a draw. What are you going to say about that then, Jacob? Now you're back um, at Middlesbrough away. What's your quick score prediction? I don't think we're going to lose. Um, it's a Tony Pulis team. And I think Tony Pulis teams are awful. Um, and I know Middlesbrough have had a slight upturn in form now because um, they were on a dire run. They hadn't, they'd like lost about four or five on the bounce. But so in comparison, it's not a great time to. But I don't know. I just can't see us losing, boys. No. I just can't. No, neither can I. Um, 
think we're gonna be all right. Predict a draw, one one one. Yeah, yeah. one one draw away. Cool. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um hopefully Danny Lodi gets a goal. That'll be oh. perfect. That'll be ideal. He really yeah. needs that. That'll do the world of um, you know, just carrying him into pre-season with that first senior goal will make the world a difference. Yeah, exactly. He'll be able to go into the summer and get that off his back and not have to think about that. I mean, I heard an interview with him on Radio Berkshire saying the transition, as we were saying earlier, from under 23s to senior, there is a gap, but yeah, we all know that. So thanks a lot for listening. I think we've lost Jacob again. Oh. And um, uh, thanks, Ollie, for um, uh, joining me. And Cheers, uh, hope you're soon. Cheers. Thanks a lot.